When it comes to EVE Online, when it comes every to player wants to know the most effective tactic available. You want to know the meta. The meta controls everything. It determines what will and will not happen. Knowing the meta will alter your views, make you question your reality. It might even make you laugh. And now, you're part of it. You're watching The Meta Show. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is August 26th, 2023. I am Mark Resurrectus. And welcome to the Meta Show. Yes, that's right. We're back. This is the show. This is it. This is the thing. Brisk is not here. As you can see by the name of the program, Brisk remains locked in my basement, at least for another week. What the fuck? Okay. Apologies. Okay. My phone decided to ring as soon as it started. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, this is the Meta Show. Uh, yeah, weird. So chat's going to point this out. The Meta Show with no goons. First time in history, maybe. I don't know if that's true, but it feels like it's true. Uh, this is, the, uh, uh, once again, I hope everything will be better this time in terms of audio um, availability, clearly. Uh, you know, that's 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 the uh, the name of the game today. Hopefully things sound great. Uh, but yeah, this is, this is it. This is the Meta Show. My name is Mark Resurrectus, and we have a whole list of cool things for you guys this morning. Or this afternoon, rather. Um, we have a bunch of stuff to talk about. It's been a busy week. It's actually been a busy three weeks. Uh, the last time we were on was before the Alliance Tournament. Uh, and we will jump into that momentarily. Before we do, I want to introduce my guests. First, my main man from the Tuskers Co. This is a... this Shocker. There's a through line with these two candidates. Uh, both of these individuals are candidates for the upcoming CSM race. Uh, and, uh, I am excited to have them here. First, of course, is from Tester's Co. Stitch Caneland, uh, well-known meta man, uh, balance individual, solo player. Can you believe it, goons, that people can play this game solo? It's more realistic than you think. Uh, hello, Stitch. How are you, sir? Doing great. How about you? I'm doing well. Hopefully everybody heard that. Uh, if you didn't hear, uh, Stitch say something, please let me know. I'm sure Twitch will, or chat will go nuts, uh, if that's the case. And then, of course, we have from Now Wrote Capel, uh, a potch lad himself, uh, denizen of that red land, Drake Idon. Drake, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. Beautiful. I'm so glad to have you both here. Um, uh, so I'm not by myself. It's It would be so weird if I was doing this show alone. I feel like I would panic, uh, which would not be great. Um... Yeah, I'm going to take these fucking sunglasses off. Okay, we're here. I know I'm not in a bathrobe. I usually am. Uh, it's hot. It's 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 the south of the United States. It's warm. You're going to have to forgive me. Sun's out, gun's out. Um, it's warm uh, everywhere. The, 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 the heat is... I'm going to die, unfortunately, is how this is going to work. So, I also... You, you can probably see it in the camera. Uh, I did oversleep. Uh, I've been doing 
some e video game stuff basically all night long, and so I took a nap earlier, and uh, I do have an imprint of my hand on my face. Just getting out ahead of that because I'm sure people will ask what's going on there. So now you know. Okay. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for being here, both of you. I appreciate it. We're going to dive into why you're here shortly. But before we do that, we're going to jump over to the browser screen. Oh, and look, I have a sick new transition. I got this off the internet. Uh, I'm so excited about it. It's it's a, it's a fun little, you know, just a little bit of extra zhuzh. Uh, somebody's already getting into Leave Jump Gates Alone. They know why we're here. Okay, uh, so first of all, I want to congratulate uh, the winners of the Alliance Tournament 19 fraternity coming out of nowhere to to uh, uh, make their way to the finals, almost dropping three to nothing versus the Tuskers uh, in the finals, but bringing it back and winning three to two, a really impressive spree or. Um, Really impressive run by Fraternity, considering going into it, I don't know if anybody would have pegged them for even the final 16, uh, but they played their fucking balls off um, and looked really, really impressive throughout. So um, they did beat the Tuskers, and they beat a bunch of other uh, great teams too. Um, this was a this is the first Alliance tournament I had the opportunity to work on, um, and it was a lot of fun, thanks to... Uh, Art J and everybody who put that together, all the folks from Even T, everybody from CCP, um, including of course the our host CCP Overload. Uh, love you, buddy. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was really really cool to see, and that's why we've been gone these last two weeks. I hope you can forgive us for our tardiness, um, but that is uh, it's a good reason I think to not be here. Um, you know, the AT very important. Uh, it's a it's a, it's our Super Bowl, you know, as far as 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 stuff goes, and I think we're getting an ad, which is great. Anyway, uh, we're gonna skip right ahead to um, the biggest news of the last couple weeks, or actually, this I think just the biggest news of the last week, which is uh, CCP released a new trailer, which is something they had not done in a minute before this. Uh, and I'm putting it up on the screen right now. I'll unmute YouTube so you can hear it. Uh, we're just going to skip ahead a little bit to the good stuff. You can see in the trailer there's a falcon coming in. Ooh, very exciting. Very exciting, this falcon. And the falcon lands. And some sort of uh, individual gets out. She's got a box appears with some kind of weird symbol on it. What does it mean? What What's the intrigue? She gets scanned. She's very serious looking. There's a lot of lights. Uh, CCP... Okay, I'm going to pause here. Gentlemen, I'm curious your thoughts. CCP... I mean, missed opportunity, right? From um, them to not have just like an ongoing web series, right? Like, the these trailers have have been so good recently. It's almost frustrating that there's not like, like serial content in this universe, right? Am I imagining this? Like... Would an Eve show succeed? What are your obviously, thoughts? It's clear that Hilmar is... Um, that obviously, Netflix is trying to snipe all of the art team. And Hilmar knows <laughs> that the moment the art team go, uh -huh. Eve will just go straight downhill. Because at no point in Eve's history is the art team messed up. 
They're probably it, the most loved team in CCP. They really do not, it does not feel like they miss. And, and like, even going a little bit further, like, if you just, I'm going to mute this so we can talk over it. But, like, just the the energy in the next scene here. So she goes to this store, and this is, of course, the nightclub scene everybody's been talking about. Uh, it does, there are space boobs that you're going to see here in a minute. There they are. Um, you know, this is, it just has such an, like, an interesting energy. Uh, then, of course, you've got these two characters here. Um, uh, clearly, individuals from the Angel Cartel and the Greases. Uh, and, of course, this, this woman sets down this interesting box. And this spooky fellow comes out of it uh, offering an invitation. And that was the trailer. The trailer is about this invitation and uh, the acknowledgement that there are now gates somewhere in space. Gates that, um, where do they go? What are they? Where are they? That was the question. So, this began a whole big situation, right? Wanting to go out, find these gates. Uh, that nobody had any idea how many there were. People were going around scanning the, um, the Jove observatories, my understanding, to get some fragments and then doing some more classic CCP riddle activities. Uh, and wouldn't you believe it, it did not take long before the players of EVE Online were able to just uh, beat this thing to death. And the very first one was found not too long after that. Uh, it was just a day ago, or maybe two days ago now. Um, and it was found by Fraternity. Surprising. Uh, maybe not surprising at all. Uh, the Fraternity Research Group found it in Turner. Uh, and my understanding is there have been three others found since then. Um, three. Three others found since then, yes. And I, I, this is obviously in potato mode, what you're seeing on the screen. Uh, clearly, it's just a big, you know, it, 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 I mean, it's a big it's a big thing. It's a big gate. But uh, going to, I love this, this little clip here. Let's see if I can find it in not potato quality. Uh, the highest is 480. Okay, that's going to have to do. But... This is the, the decloaking the gate animation, which I find just, like, really, really cool. Uh, it is no secret that the art team continues to win. Uh, they have not stopped winning. Uh, maybe ever. Uh, now, I have heard that that animation and the, the volumetric clouds in which the gates lie are a little laggy. So, the game... <clears throat> Perhaps maybe still not optimized the way we would like it to be. Um, you know, these things happen. Volumetric uh, clouds in, in EVE Online have never gotten along. No, no. And, and you know, it is it is a shame because there really are some spectacular art assets. Especially after Viridian. One of the things that went um, a little unsung just because of how well or perhaps how poorly they were performing were all the new effects in those Homefront sites. Which, if you haven't been out to see them yet, you really got to. Uh, especially if you got the hardware for it. They are a lot of fun uh, to look at. They are really, really cool. Um, and the uh, they've, they've done a lot, of, a, a lot of really good work out there. So, again, really cool animation. Uh, hope it holds up when uh, there are... I mean, because I assume these things are going to be something that uh, are going to garner the attention of multiple large groups um, I obviously can't 
say anything else about that because I don't know, you know, aside from the fact that people are already anchoring structures on these things, um, you know, I don't, I don't know what else people are going to be, uh, what their intentions are for them. I don't even know if they do anything yet. I don't think they do. Um, I think they're just very cool to look at and in space. So you can go look at them now if you want to. Um, you know, maybe maybe your computer can handle it. Who knows? Uh, but they did then release a uh, a um, a post about it. They had the ancient Jovian stargates discovered. In fact, I want to say um, there was a uh, another Reddit post that went up. I think yesterday. I should have grabbed it, um, but it kind of had the uh, a you know a map of New Eden with the vectors of all of those gates, which ways they were pointing, um, actually on the, you know, there on the map. Uh, and by all accounts, it looks like they are pointing out towards, like, I think, Curse, Great Wildlands kind of area. There's like a little gap in the in space where they all kind of point towards. Um, people are speculating, is that a new region? Is it a link to Jove space? Like, what's the situation here? Uh, and nobody knows. They haven't released, I don't think, any... Or either they have not released new information, or um, they, uh, you know, they the the players themselves have not found the, you know, the, that next step. There is, there is one thing that's been found. So all the gates point to zero 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 coordinates on the map, mm -hmm. and in the law that is placed called the points of no return, and it is a big ass black hole. That would be. Very cool. Basically what we see in the moment. Uh, some really cool stuff in here too. So we were talking, and just a second ago, I was talking about that guy, um, uh, the the spooky individual with the orange eyes who gave the invitation. That is a character they're calling the Deathless. Uh, I don't know if the Deathless is his name or if that's the group he represents. I just know that's sort of his whole deal. Um, and he's he's got some spooky energy, gentlemen. I gotta be honest with you. He's a real spooky guy. I'll tell you what he reminds me of, just based on, you know, sort of the bodysuit and uh, some of the the implant stuff. He definitely kind of has like a sleep, like a like a drifter vibe. And of course, the drifters themselves are all tied up with the Jove. Um, you know, all the the sleepers are that way too. So, um, the um. That that lady's suit when she was walking through the club or in the preview reminded me a lot of like Sancha just with health spikes. Uh huh. Yeah, I had yes, exactly. That was oh man, that was. And one of the things I want to be clear, uh, I think the trailer itself is cool and is a very cool standalone thing. Uh, I think they are wildly missing an opportunity here if they don't release all the stuff from that trailer as merch that you can buy in Eve. Uh, because one that the bodysuit of that character, the, the woman carrying the the spooky box, was super cool, uh, and something that does not exist in the game currently. And of course, the one that everybody was talking about was the uh, the Princess Leia outfit, um, the the space bikini, as it were, uh, uh, from the 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 young individual in um, in the club scene. So if they CCP, give us give us these clothes, give us bikinis in space. They not asking a lot. I feel like you've done it in your trailers. You obviously the models exist. Just uh, you know, put them put them out for for everybody else. So, uh, but yeah, we have here they they, they actually released who um, who found them. So the first one was found by Interner, um, and the third one was found by 
uh, the Winterco Research Group, and that has a list of the pilots here. Uh, those were in Turner and GTEC OQ86. Uh, the second gate uh, in HTAC P was found by independent capsuler CAC, uh, who uh, gave some credit to the Air Attacker Research Consortium, uh, which is Dutch Gunners Group, uh, mentioning that they made want to make sure that information is available to all. And then the fourth and final in uh, Alsevoinen was found by Siren Is Istiar of Karma Fleet. Goons, look, you did something. Congratulations, your boy, Is Siren Istiar, coming through in the clutch, making sure that you guys are 50 billion Iskmore, or uh, richer, which I'm sure you needed. Um, goons, uh, historically low on money. Um, so that was cool. Uh, very, very fun. Uh, before we, so that's the big news right now. The, the, these gates, where do they go? What are they? Very interesting, unique, strange. Um, and we'll, I'm sure have more to talk about those in the upcoming weeks. Um, before we jump ahead to the next thing, I, I do want to be clear, um, uh, for legal reasons, Brisk isn't in my basement. Um, please don't go looking. He's just, uh, I think he's on vacation. I don't know exactly what he's doing. Uh, uh, but he's not here. So you'll have me this week. Next week, we're going to talk to some block candidates. This week, we're doing non-block candidates. Shocker. Um, and then the week after that, we'll brisk will be back. Um, I actually don't think I'll be here that week. We'll get ahead to that later because I'm going to a wedding. But either or. Somebody in chat has already gotten ahead of me. Okay, so the next thing. Goons, I'm sure you're so excited about this. Uh, you guys fucking killed me. Congratulations. Uh, I am dead. Uh, you've, you have nuked my poor, poor innocent Rev Navy. Uh, rest in peace, uh, Metatron. You were too good for this world. Um, okay, so the story here real quick before you goons get too excited. Uh, we, we were, my group uh, found a, um, we connected directly to a Nullsec Connect. In Quarius, uh, and we engaged a kind of a nano gang uh, who they dropped some heavier assets. We dropped some heavier assets. Um, everything was going great, and then they tackled a I think a Scorp Navy maybe of ours, um, and they were not having a good time. So in order to give our group uh, some time to ping and get people there. Uh, because, you know, we have to ping up to those numbers. We can't just suddenly flash form 300. Uh, I dropped the Rev Navy on grid. Now, I will tell you, uh, this is kind of important. I did forget to check before I undocked that I was using Haw guns. And if you look here, uh, these are dual Gigapulse lasers. Those are not Haw guns. So, while I did uh, no-scope a curse at one point, uh, I also could not hit anything else. So uh, the 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 result of this, of course, was that a goon Kiki fleet uh, and a goon uh, bomber fleet, I'm sure they were not at all related, just so happened to appear after a few moments. Uh, and you can see here the kind of the disparity and what was what, what, what we had to deal with. Oh, God, there are so many Kikis. Oh, sweet Lord, help me. There are so many Kikis. Um, now, I will say this. Just for the sake of argument, um, I killed a lot of bombers. I mean, I, I killed a lot of bombers. And I, I'll tell you why. Because we live in a red giant wormhole, and bomb damage is really good. And for some reason, the bombers orbited at 500. 
which they should not have done, uh, and they got smoked by smart bomb damage. So, you know, at the end of the day, Killboard Green, I don't know what the problem is, uh, but whole boy howdy, when you see 300 goons jump into any wormhole, you just, you get a feeling. I'll tell you the, the God's honest truth. So, moving ahead, we've got one more quick story to talk about. This is another wormhole fight uh, that happened. I usually have the stinger here. I forgot to put it up. So, uh, you know, sorry, there's no stinger. Uh, this is the wormhole fight of the week, uh, which happened just the other day. And it also happened uh, to my group. What a coincidence that all of my stuff is the stuff we're focusing on today. How crazy. Uh, a big old fight between us, uh, the Lupus Alliance, and the uh, Singularity Syndicate Alliance. A uh, big old, big old situation, big old fight. Um, Lupus brought uh, Nighthawk Fleet, a pretty big Nighthawk Fleet. Um, it was split up over several different fights over the, the course of like three hours. Um, and you can see here, the it was actually pretty even for the most part. Uh, everybody lost at least 20 bill, um, you know, and, and a handful of ships each. Uh, and then, of course, Hawks showed up at the very end to kill a thing with a saber, as they do. And, of course, Forsaken Few uh, is not on this. Um, there's another wormhole group, Forsaken Few uh, Alliance, which is not on this BR, uh, but they were kind of the ones who kicked this whole thing off. It's weird how fights happen, and that's, I guess, one of the things we're going to talk about here in a minute. Um, because when you talk about available availability to get to a fight, um, one of the things that is that makes wormhole fights so interesting is that they really can kind of pop off without notice because it really, it, it, a lot of it relies on your proximity to somebody else. Right. Uh, and you never know when you're, when you're going to be, you know, right up next to somebody, um, until, you know, uh, you are suddenly. So, um, Oh, hang on. Somebody is sending me the right BR. He's taking his sweet time. He's not sending it. We're going to skip ahead. Okay, so, gentlemen, let's go back to the other screen. The main screen. Oh, and the transition. Oh, so smooth. I love to see it. Okay. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your patience. I appreciate you hanging out while we talk about uh, stuff that is not your campaigns. Uh, but this is, this, is, this, is, this is so cool to have you guys here. Uh, I know Brisk is probably rolling over in his grave right now that I've got two non-block small gang candidates on the show. Uh, but honestly, if he doesn't want uh, doesn't want you guys on the show, he should stop taking so many goddamn vacations. <laughs> so, fuck him. Uh, it's my show now, and he can he can fuck off. It's, it's he doesn't get to make these calls anymore. So, uh, guys, you're running for CSM. Uh, Stitch, you've run several times. Have not. You have perennial, perennial, blah, 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 perennially been the the guy who was like almost there, I, and I say that having once been that guy, and then the next time not been that guy. Uh, it feels like you are the candidate that everybody says um, you need to get this guy on your ballot, and then somehow you know whether it just be the way that everything works out, you always feel like you're in the play at the end. Uh, has that been frustrating? Has that been, um, you know, something that you like, it, I, I imagine it's difficult to, um, you know, have to deal with it at least once, let alone more than once. Um, but 
I mean, clearly you're still doing it. What's the what's the motivation? What's your what's your what drive? What wakes you up in the morning, Stitch? Uh, I mean, it's, I wouldn't say it's. I mean, it's it's not necessarily frustrating. It's like, um, you know, doing the whole CSM process and going through the interviews is time consuming. Mm-hmm. But at the end, when you don't get in, it's not like I'm I'm heartbroken or anything. I think it's more just learning from maybe things I did wrong or. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, it's like there's like a big name that gets put into the CSM that mm-hmm. draws a lot of votes away. Like, you know, there will be a streamer who's really popular or something like that. Yeah. And because I'm running for a small gang or independent, you know, every vote really counts. And yeah. so when you have like big name people that just pop up just to be like, hey, look, I'm I'm a streamer. And then that sucks away like, you know, a quarter of your votes. And that's kind of the difference between getting in and not getting in. And, you know, before, you know, I've been... 12th, 13th, 14th place, um, you know, so it's not like I'm, I'm way off in the boonies. It's just, you know, I'm kind of runner up and, yeah. and then that's it. <laughs> well, and that's, I guess that's one of the reasons why this is so interesting. And one of the reasons I want to talk to you guys specifically, to be clear, I want, I want to be, uh, transparent about my motives here to everybody who's, uh, watching this and doesn't, um, doesn't really understand why I'm bringing on these two randos. These two gentlemen are number two and number three on my ballot. Um, I think they're both great candidates. I think you are doing yourself a disservice if you don't have at least one of them. Um, they might not be specifically something that uh, you know is something that you're you are interested in, but I can assure you they would both be valuable <laughs> valuable uh, um, assets to the game. Uh, you're, you're right, Gideon. I'm sorry. I see you there in chat. I, I did not invite number four. It's not because uh, I don't love you. I do love you, Gideon, and I hope you get on. Uh, I am just afraid for my life, unironically, if I invite you on this show. Uh, as much of a meme as it is to invite Drake on, because I know the brisk, it gets his tidy whities in a bunch. If I invite Gideon's Zendikar onto this show, brisk might actually show up at my house and fucking strangle me to death. So... Uh, it's it's not, it's not because I don't love you. It's just because I'm afraid for my mortal soul. Um, on a, on a pure content point of view for the meta show, that would actually be something that thousands would show up for. That is, I don't think Brisk. I don't think he's tall <laughs> enough just to get to the neck for you. He's it, Brisk. I'll tell you, man. Brisk is he's spooky tall. You don't think about it because you always see him kind of like at a down angle on this show. But I'm I'm a pretty tall. I mean, I'm, I'm clearly I I'm a pretty tall person. I'm like six foot eight, and I rocked up to to the summit in Iceland. And when he showed up, he's like kind of tall and like strangely lanky, uh, which you would not expect just from watching him on this show. Uh, so he could definitely go for the throw, but he's got you know old man bones. So I think I could take him. Um, but anyway, getting back to to these two, I uh, the the reason why I wanted to have them on here is because I think they're great candidates. I think they should be on your ballot. I understand. That that's not quite how it works for everybody, and I understand that you, all you good little goons, and all everybody else who watches this, if you're in a null block, there's a pretty good chance someone's going to hand you a ballot and tell you how to vote. And I understand that's how it works, and that's one of the reasons why goons have been so influential. As you know, as as have all the other good little null blocks. You've all been so good at following the party line. All I'm saying is that if there's anybody on that ballot who you feel uncertain about, or you have open slots on that ballot afterwards, or you're watching the show and you're not a goon, you're just some random innocent layperson who somehow stumbled on this, whatever this is, then I 
I implore you, consider, consider using one of those spots or both of those spots or many spots for candidates like Stitch, like Drake, um, hell, even like myself, obviously. I mean, I'm running too, but this show is not about me. Uh, you guys all kind of know what I'm about. Um, so it's about these two. So uh, that's why they're here, just so we're all on the same page. Um, but yeah, I, I do feel like... Uh, oh, right, and then the, the bigger thing. CCP is doing something different this year. Um, CCP is doing something different in that they are opening uh, two extra slots on the CSM. So it, there's not going to be... It's not just going to be the final 10 anymore. Then They're now taking two more from the top 20. So 1 through 10 get on, and then they pick uh, two more from ten or 11 through... 20 to get in so there has been speculation that ccp uh intends to use that slot either to fulfill their nefarious whim uh or you know to to dagger the the small gang community by putting more null block candidates in uh or perhaps uh you know uh Adding some diversity to the council, which not to say that the CSM is not diverse. It is absolutely diverse. So we've talked about this before at length, um, that while it appears so that we have, um, you know, eight null block candidates, they are wildly disparate individuals. Um, each of them, you know, does something different. Um, you know, Pando is a, is a PVP guy. Uh, Kazanir is a... Um, ecosystem guy, angry is a economy guy. You know, Luke and Stormy are, um, you know, both also PVP guys, but a little bit different than Pando. Um, Jinx, of course, is an alliance executor, uh, and then you have, um, you know, Kenny, the industry guy, Brisk, the one who talks on the internet. Um, that's I assume what he does, uh, and then you know myself and Arcia after that. So while there is a lot of variety there. They certainly, uh, some of that variety is clearly limited to just null space. Uh, and there has been speculation that uh, CCP is going to use those two slots to um, offer a position to people who might not have gotten on otherwise because of how uh, the major null groups tend to have. I'm not saying you're doing it on purpose. I'm just saying it, sometimes it happens. That, uh, you know, we get all of the null candidates on and the, the blocks do their thing and they push, um, you know, some other candidates out. And that's not that's not to say that's not your right. You guys are clearly very well organized and, um, you know, have, and, and, and drive a, a, you know, pretty significant aspect of the game. That being said, uh, it's not to say that, um, you know, there may, you know... Uh, you can't have a, a salad with just lettuce. You know, you got to sprinkle some of the old, the old crouton, a little bit of the, you know, uh, some tomato, some onion, on there too. So having some variety is not a bad thing. And if that's what they tend to, or if that's what they intend to use those positions for, I'm all for it. But one of the reasons I wanted to uh, to, to to bring these gentlemen on is because I, I think it's important to. Get some of these voices exposed. Uh, obviously, we're the upcoming CSM uh, interviews the CCP is doing uh, are going to give you a little bit more look into um, 
you know, what they're doing, what their whole situation is. Um, but I wanted to get ahead of it because I'm productive and I need to fill airspace on a show on a Saturday when Brisk isn't here to do it for me. So, uh, let's, let's take a step back. I want to take a step back. Let's just talk about you guys. Uh, you know, I have, I, I've done all the introducing for you. I've done a lot of talking so far. I want to hear from you guys and I'm going to start with Stitch cause he's, um, guest number one on this show. Uh, I want you to tell me what your who you are, what your situation is, where you came from, what you're doing, what you stand for, why, and don't tell me why people should vote for you. Just tell me about yourself, and we'll come back to the why people should vote for you thing later. Um, but Stitch, please tell me about yourself. So, I mean, I primarily started out in Nullsec is where I started. You know, after the initial you know learning experience in high sec. Um, someone just found me in an asteroid belt and was like, you should just join us and come to Nullsec. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great because this is really boring. <laughs> yeah. um, and so, you know, I flew a shuttle all the way to Nullsec and then I lived there for about four years. And this was pre-Citadel. So this was the older, I believe it, Dominion Sov, mm-hmm. where we had uh, pauses and stations and CTAs for shooting a station for, you know, two hours, at least for the groups that didn't have supers. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, yeah, and then then people stealing our stations, and we'd have to stay up late at night shooting them with tornadoes to to get our station back for the night. <laughs> but um, then after at that point, I kind of started wanting to like the, the main thing that's always intrigued me with Eve is like the fitting and like you know the ships, obviously. Like you know, that's kind of the main point of the game is uh, or one of the main aspects of the game is that you have lots of ships to play with and tinker with and experiment with and so that's kind of what I went with is um, you know Nullsec was interesting but I wanted to see what else was going on with Eve because for me I always once I start getting bored with something in Eve move on to a different area so Mm -hmm. I've been to Nullsec I've been to Losec I've been to which includes both faction warfare and non-faction warfare Losec Uh, and then I did wormholes for three or four years and now i'm back to uh low sec which actually now i'm kind of just going wherever and um so a lot of my interest was was around like ships and balance and because i was solo so for people who don't know i have just one character um so all my industry all my pvp pve industry research all that stuff is done through the same account and through the same character and so what that did is it kind of forced me to find things that worked with just one character. And, and I was really into PVP. So obviously it turned into solo PVP. And what I always enjoyed doing was taking like ships that everyone said were garbage and using them in a way that was effective, getting fights, killing people. And I think that kind of gave me an interesting perspective on, you know, what works, what doesn't work and, you know, what, the things that people are saying, are they actually true or just people just don't know how to fly them properly or they need to think outside the box. And so then that kind of devolved into all of, you know, my Reddit good posts of, you know, basically about 10 things at this point that I've put through either Reddit or the original e-forums that CCP then adopted and put into the game. Yeah, I I was going to say, the the for a lot of players, I feel like you are kind of an enigma, right? Because... The Eve is so flush with multi-boxes. Uh, and I say that as one of them. Um, 
there are so many people who play this game in a way where you compensate maybe for um, you know a lack of recruiting or maybe a lack of uh, of of you know actual skill at playing the game, which is more numbers, right? And that's not invalid. That's legit. I mean, people, I, hell, I do that. We've won fights that way. Um, but a player who only plays the game from one from one character, not just one account, right? One character. I mean, it's just Stitch, right? You're not, you don't, it's not Stitch plus a, a backpack alt, right? Like, it's just Stitch. Yeah. Yep, I, mean, I don't, yeah, I don't have any backpacks or anything like that. It's just, just me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that is such a, uh, such a unique perspective that I, you know, but but it really lets you focus on, you know, the at least from my understanding, we've we've spoken, we're familiar with each other. I think you might say you and I, we've we've had some conversations, um, few, a few, a handful, a, a smidge. Uh, but you really, it, it's it's almost more intimate, right? It's more it's more of an intimate um, connection with a a the ship that you're flying you become really familiar with it when you don't have to split your focus across three or four different accounts right like right i think it it opens up more of a psychological aspect especially like when i'm just you know yeeting a battleship straight through nullsec um over over the years obviously i've been doing this for you know at least 2014 you kind of develop how people are going to respond to you when you're when you're in their space Mm-hmm. and where they're going to try and intercept you at. And you kind of have to plan ahead for that and be like, all right, well, they've seen me on Intel for like 10 jumps now. So the chances right. of them setting up at this choke point are pretty high. So I'm going to detour around this other way. Uh, or my favorite thing to do is when they try and camp me, which I guess I'm giving away secrets, and now this may not work as much. But <laughs> when people try to camp me, I like to warp at gates at 100, mm-hmm. and I'll land there, and then all their tackle will chase after me. And then I'll just micro micro jump drive straight to the gate at zero, mm-hmm. and then all their tackles hundred off the gate. I'm at zero, and I just jump through and and dodge their whole camp. Yeah, um, you know, so you kind of have to play these mind games with people when you are solo, and I think that's like the funnest part about it is just you know outplaying someone. Even though I don't kill anyone, it's just the fact you get like twenty guys trying to kill you, and you're still able to escape in a quad plated brawling battleship. Well, and anybody who's ever dodged like uh, a gate camp and a hauler, right? If you're able to micro jump or um, warp trick through a a, a a camped gate and get through to the side, everybody understands. Like, even though there's no kill mail, thank God, there's still a rush there, right? There's there's something visceral about that. Um, so that's I, yeah, I I I the the solo gameplay is so interesting, and I was talking to um, the uh, I was talking to um, Chlorican, the guy who does the um, Nomad's Tale videos uh, about being a solo player in Wormhole Space last night, about solo playing, about you, um, and the the comment that I had for him was that it's just such a unique point of view that I really feel like CCP is, or that we as a player base have, have done ourselves a disservice by not having more representation for that point of view on the CSM because it's such it's it's almost it's like it's like there's no filter over it right it's just a a very very pure gameplay experience that you don't get if you're doing it um uh if you're doing it through the lens of you know block gameplay or 
factionalism or anything else. I mean, and and that's one of the things you've you've said before. I mean, you're a member of the Tuskers, um, but you're not really you don't you don't you, you know aside from uh, the the odd fleet here and there, you don't really do a whole lot with the Tuskers, right? I mean, you're just in the in the corp. Not currently. Yeah, I mean, when I was living in the wormhole, you know, we would we would roam a lot, mm-hmm. um, but to some degree. You know, it, it, my schedule is pretty chaotic sometimes mm-hmm. um, when I'm playing Eve, and sometimes other people's schedules don't mesh up. And I'm like, well, I just want to, you know, play, so I'm just going to jump out and do my own thing. I don't have to wait on anyone. But you know, if our schedules align, then then it's like, all right, cool. I'll you know hop on and we'll go for a roam. Oh yeah. But right now, Tusker's kind of moved on to Losec again because that's where they originally were based. Um, and now we're kind of all just kind of spread out doing our own thing right now. So okay. it's not really quite the same as it was. Well, that is, uh, yeah, like I said, I think it's just, just a unique viewpoint. And I'm, I'm, I'm really glad you're here so we can talk about that. Uh, but before we go any further, Drake has been very patient. And I'm, I'm worried that the longer he sits here, the closer we get <laughs> towards breaking out that fucking mask. God, please help me! Oh God, he's always oh, oh, for it now. He's doing it now. I'm afraid. Fresh, fresh from last year's CSM run. Oh Lord, help me! It's just horrifying to look at the eyes. The it's the eyes that are so bad. They're just. I mean, just look at them. They're just dead. It's 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 not dead. They're just looking for opportunity, Mark. Oh, looking. For- you fucking asshole. It's just not comfortable. I don't... I bet it's not. <laughs> God, I hate it so much. Uh, Drake. Drake Idon. Drake. Drake, my boy. Drake is... Um, now, we... You weren't... Uh, so, you're in Rote Capel. Your corporation is in Rote Capel now. Uh, you weren't in Rote a year ago. Um, but it is... Seems appropriate that you're in Rote because Rote is... Um, let's call it one of the major or mid-major players in Pochfin. Drake, tell me a little bit about yourself and tell me a little bit about the Spooky Triangle space. Well, obviously, Spooky Triangle space is the best space, but starting out... I, oh, don't disagree with me. Come on. I know Wormhole's good, but... Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I, I, listen, I'm not going to step on your toes. Do what you got to do. I uh, started out similar to how Stitch did. I... Did my thing in high sec, I did missioning and some industry and mining, and then someone said, just come to Nullsec. I was a Nullsecer for two or three years, and then uh, I quit even to go off to university. Mm-hmm. I, I came back after the release of Eve Echoes, where I played it for a week, and was just like, wow, this is so almost like Eve, but it's not. <laughs> and then I came back. Um, I realized Nullsec wasn't really for me. I kind of wanted to exist on my own time frame, not on other people were doing on what CTAs were happening on whatever strategic plan that was in place. So I, um, a, the invasion content came out. I came in right at the end in chapter three. It was uh, pretty fun compared to the seven years ago of just going to anomalies and killing stuff, getting a payout and coming back. It was a really refreshing. Mm. And then uh, the spooky triangle space formed and it was broken and empty. <laughs> Yeah. It was extremely disappointing, unfortunately. Um, I then left uh, for high sec for a bit. Did the Grand Prix, which was extremely fun. I wish CCP would do more events like that. And eventually, I get a call from a friend of mine, the CEO of my of Castle Kickers and my corp, saying, 
break, the Poshvin has been fixed. There is amazing money to be made. And also the people you're flying with have become crab tyrants that don't want to PvP. You want to run rings around them. And I said, yes, yes, I do. And it ended up being me, Beta, and two other friends, Maledictions, running rings around 2,000 people for roughly two and a half to three months, which led to probably one of the biggest dramas in Poshman of its time, which was the seagulling. The seagulling the incident. Burning, the burning of their own structures. Uh -huh. So many things happened there. And uh, it was... I just fell in love with the space. Just the fact that it is where everything is out to kill you. The mechanics, the NPCs, everybody else, mm -hmm. and the fact that it's so condensed that you're always almost guaranteed to run into someone who's also in the triangle. So yeah. let, let me ask you, uh, this is an, uh, one of the things that um, sometimes gets, gets brought up. And um, Stitch, this is actually relevant to you too because... Um, you know, it, it is no secret that there have been aspects of the game that, at least at face value, appear to have been changed in correlation with Reddit posts you've made or suggestions you've made in various discords that while maybe CCP is, hasn't acknowledged it yet, it sure seems to look like that way um, because you may have been one of the first people to, to, to bring up whether something needed to be changed or how something could be changed. Um, and Drake, you kind of were in a similar position, not last year, I think, right, but the year before with the big Pochman document. Um, the, yeah, there was there was two big Pochman documents. Mm -hmm. The first one was Pochman is to this day been left in half-assed state. There are many, many, many issues. Yeah. Um, so I was I was given the opportunity to attend the first Pochman roundtable, which was um, most. I would say almost entirely, well, initially designed around seagulling is killing the region. It's all this terrible thing. We're losing all this money. What do we do? Uh -huh. I was, and I came in as the most hated person on that panel, <laughs> having to having to endure all the slings and arrows, which is uh, oh, fair enough. It. My position was, seagulling is amazing um, content produced by a player, emergent content. Mm -hmm. But there are areas where it is bullshit. Get rid of the bullshit keep the emergent content right unfortunately that uh didn't get through and uh ccp went to fix it by introducing the incursion system unfortunately something that i predicted would happen did happen and that prediction was if you move to the incursion system without any modifications you can go from taking roughly 10 percent of the payout as a seagull taking 100% of the payout as a seagull with even less effort and the moment it hit sissy we did some testing and what I said came true we went from getting about 160 mil to 180 mil per site to getting 2 billion per site and no one else got anything Jesus and I screamed and screamed at uh, poor CCP Swift to say this really needs to be looked at uh -huh. Thank thankfully they heard me, and it was fixed before it came to CQ. And, well, uh... <laughs> that's that's interesting, and, and the reason why I wanted to bring that up specifically was because the there is something to be said, I think, about um, when you're talking about CSM candidates. One of the big criticisms of of candidates like both of you uh, has been 
Why do they need to be on the CSM? They're so capable of getting things adjusted or changed or addressed or inspected uh, from not the CSM. So why don't we just, you know, open those seats up towards other null groups who need those seats uh, and they can continue to do their good work from the side. Uh, and I think there's uh, one, I think it's fucking stupid. Uh, and it's my show, so, you know, it's fucking stupid. But the, I guess the question is, from the perspective of a potential CSM candidate, um, knowing just from, because neither one of you have been on the CSM before, you both ran, you know, at least once, some twice, um, some more than twice. Uh, from the perspective of somebody who's not on the CSM, I'll start with you, Stitch. What value do you see for yourself as somebody who wants to continue shaping the game, you know, helping Eve evolve into the future, what value do you see from not just being the guy who CCP listens to on Reddit and being the guy who sits in those meetings every week? I mean, obviously, I think the the, the clear answer is peering behind the veil, um, being able to say something directly before those changes or whatever the case may be pop up on, you know, a dev post. Uh, Cause most of the time, you know, a lot of, at least a few of the, the things that I've, I've recommended or changed was CCP changed something. They make a dev blog. We all look at it or like, you know, what the hell is this? And, you know, then we, then I have to make a post in response to say, you know, this isn't going to work like you think it's going to work. You know, the, the the best example was the notification changes where they're wanting to put notification on like T1 frigates when they were nerfing them because interceptors were fitting artillery and just, you know, dipping in and out. And I'm like that you just made the same problem again and that. So it's not addressing anything. Um, so, you know, being able to address them directly, you know, within that meeting space of saying, you know, this is what we're thinking about. And kind of, you know, intercepting that beforehand and saying, actually, maybe you should do it a different way. Uh, I feel like would be a lot more efficient and uh, have higher quality changes that aren't just triggering everyone as soon as they're released. Right. <laughs> well, and it's, to your point, too, there is, when you, t when you talk about seeing behind the veil, I think there is, well, I know there is value, ha having seen it myself, in... Not just the prospect of, um, you know, he, talking to people about why things happen, but seeing why they happen in the first place, right? Like, you, it, it's very easy for players just to assume that things are a certain way just because they are a certain way. Like, oh, they did it that way in the beginning, they haven't changed it, and that's why it is that way. Well, chances are pretty good that there was a reason why it was that way in the first place. Not, it's not any secret. It's not always a good reason, just FYI. Uh, at least in my opinion. That's that's not, you know, I'm not speaking from an official position on the CSM or from CCP. I'm just saying from my personal perspective. Sometimes the the reason is really fucking stupid. But that's I can just, not... Im I can just imagine a CCP employee with a hind him just cocking a gun. This yeah, is yeah. It's... Poor CCP Swift is somewhere. He's like, his ears just perked up. He's He felt a cool breeze in the back of his neck. He doesn't, he didn't know why. Uh, but no, like... Knowing why is half the battle, right? Because if you know, if you can understand the 
the game reason for it, the like the initial game reason for it, then you can work. You can almost work backwards towards you know. Well, if we started here, how do we get to the point where we're at now, right? Uh, and maybe you know, if you can if you can work through the logic of it and work through the the um, you know how do we get here aspect of that. Um, I think you can get to a place where you can you can talk about it more constructively, right? Um, now, one thing I did want to uh, <laughs> hire brand brings up a good point in chat. Reason a dev wanted to go home at five instead of eleven. Honestly, I get it. Uh, you know, shit happens. Um, one of the things I did want to talk about too, and I, I wanted to bring this up because uh, Drake, we were talking about that. Um, you know, the roundtable and. The, the couple of Potchman documents that were so important in getting CCP to address um, what was, for the longest time, fundamentally broken space. Um, that required a certain amount of effort. Now, one of the big criticisms of the CSM in the past have been that they don't fucking do anything. They just, um, you know, uh, they just sit around and, and jerk each other off about how cool they all are. And they... You know, oh, they, they get their accounts subbed and then you go to Iceland and get to eat the, the rotted shark and it's, oh. But there really is, I mean, and that's, that. to be fair, there have been accounts uh, in the not-so-distant past of some CSM who uh, did uh, fuck all during their terms. And that, thankfully, was not the case during this last term. Everybody we, I had the opportunity to work with has been great and has worked very hard but just knowing that a candidate is going to put in that effort once they get on the csm i feel like should be or, or should be something that people really consider when they're talking about who are they going to vote for for this next season i and i i, I want to bring this up because stitch i don't know if there's anybody we're going to go back to the um the other screen real quick we're going to go back to the browser screen uh where i have pulled up if this is your campaign thread uh, Stitch Kaneland, and I'm going to stump for you a little bit here for just a second because there is a, a a veritable cornucopia of different threads that you have been actively involved in dating back to 2015. That's eight years ago. Eight years ago, I still had hair, Stitch, uh, <laughs> which is wild to think about. Uh, and I just want to go through these real fast. Not all of them, obviously. We're not going to go through all these because I, I don't have time and can barely read. Um, but... I mean, you're talking battle cruisers back in 2015, T1 battleships uh, rebalance, uh, the, the torp, you know torp improvements, explosion velocity, um, uh, talking about removing a local or not removing a local, uh, reworking the ESS back in 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 uh, in 2019, uh, blobs battleships, uh, more battleship posting. God, this man talks a lot about battleships. Why the Munin should be a missile ship two years ago before it became a missile ship. Like, has there been anyone more on the grind about rebalance and and balance changes over the last several years than Stitch Kaneland? I don't think that has. I don't think that's true. I don't think there's there's anybody, myself included, certainly, who has just been on that grind more than you. And I guess Stitch, like, my question is, and it's not really even a question. Like, this is a lot of. I'm sure at times feels like thankless work, right? Because you're you a lot of it's so much so much of it is just speculation. So much of it is just um, you know 
projecting, you know, your own thoughts and, and, and ideas. And most of it may never turn out to be anything. So what, what drives you to keep doing this without any kind of, I mean, obviously you've gotten some more feedback in recent years. Uh, as some of these ideas have become, you know, again, the Munin becoming a missile ship, uh, what is a thing that is just, that, that's just a thing in the game now. That is, that is just a thing that was taken from an idea and just put in, into the game. What, I guess I just, I don't, that's a lot of work for not a lot of payoff, I guess, especially with how the CSM votes have gone over the last few years. What motivates you to keep doing it, man? Because it's, it's, it's just so much work and you've done, you've done it for such a long time. I'm curious with just what drives you to do this. Is it just, you just love balance so much? Well, I mean, it kind of goes back to me being a solo player and enjoying PvP and going through every ship and trying to find a, you know, something good that it does. So it kind of goes back to my, you know, I guess if we're going to be uh, greedy or selfish about it, it kind of mm-hmm. goes back to my own play style of, you know, once we get to a certain point, you kind of exhausted a lot of the resources for certain ships. Yeah. Um, or, you know, you're just engaging with the community and, and people are like, you know, I'm tired of flying Munins. It's clear that, you know, CCP tr- tried to rebalance multiple, multiple times already and it's not working. So we kind of got to go to the nuclear option. And, you know, I'm not going to go through my whole post about it, but there was a reason besides it just being a meta issue to rebalance the Munin. So, again, it kind of goes back to me enjoying... Uh, exploring the ships, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, the other thing is that I think that I find fun about it is that when you change something, you see how it ends up. Um, you can see how it evolves through people utilizing it. Uh, and that alone kind of has allowed me to learn certain things of either good or bad. Sometimes it goes according to plan. I'm like, cool, that, you know, people are enjoying it or it's doing what I was expecting it to do. And other times it doesn't go that way sometimes. And it's like, well, this is maybe a little too strong. Um, or CCP takes it and interprets it in their own way and does their own thing with it, which doesn't work out such as, um, the plate extender roll bonus on, on battleships, which again was another one of my ideas. And I specifically called it out in the thread of don't put this on T2 battleships. And they put it on T2 battleships. So, <laughs> wild. So then you get right, you know. So then you have some some standout issues there that pop up either between things like the Redeemer being really strong for a Blops battleship, um, and then obviously all the fleet meta for the Marauders, um, especially in wormholes, which is where you're really feeling the effects of that. Mm-hmm. Well. I, I I'm I, I'm encouraged by that. I'm I'm encouraged that it feels like it's just something that you you want to do and don't feel obligated to do, or or feel like um, you're you're doing it for some kind of gain, right? Like there is something to be said about somebody who, even after you know this stupid submarine simulator in space video game has been out for fucking twenty years, that people are still interested. People are still willing to put in the work to. Even theory crafted, or, or, or willing to put into work to you know like Drake and his and his friends did and his boys, put you know putting together a, a list of ideas and not just so many people. I, I fucking hate bitter vetism, and I don't hate bitter vets because there, there's a reason they all got there. 
but I hate the that aspect of what of what certain aspects of this community are because people are driven to that point by you know either changes in the game or changes in in you know the the way that they have played the game um, and that sucks and I hate that that is a a thing that has happened to a not insubstantial portion of our player base um, so I am always encouraged always encouraged whenever I see people still putting in the fucking effort to do the damn thing and make the game, you know, try and convince them or even by their own actions, make the game, um, better for more people. Uh, that is encouraging to me. So gentlemen, we're getting close to time, which is exciting because it means I have not had to talk about, uh, Ansiblexes yet, though. I'm sure you'd both love to have a parting word about that. So, we're going to do this real quick. We're going to do a, a very quick fire round um, on a single specific topic because everybody who has watched this show, who is a goon, uh, and everybody who's watched this show, who is a small ganger, are both watching for the same reason because they want to know what you have to think about Ansiblexes, uh, and they're both sweating because of uh, opposite responses that they fear. So we'll start with Drake because I know that you've had a lot to say about it. Drake, how do you feel about the Ansiblex? I think it needs work. There's there's always been this uh, dichotomy in Eve between Brisk and people like Phantomite, where Brisk is, says, don't remove it, because if you get rid of it straight away, or entirely, then people are going to lose the content that they love, and they're going to quit. Mm-hmm. And the other side are saying, we need to get rid of this projection meta, because ultimately it is stifling content. And honestly, they're both correct. And for some reason, they don't communicate that well enough to each other they don't seem to understand that so i'm very much a middle of the road i don't really want to remove ansplex outright i just think they need to have their one-sided power curtailed that can be done in a con a pro content way it could be something as simple as um, allowing entosis to shut off disrupt or otherwise be able to use the gate for people who aren't on the acl that one change alone would allow small gangs who are the um, primary people complaining about Antiplex, I would say. It would allow them to mess with um, other people's plans and get their content they want. It can also be used by other blocks, and they can have, like a, how would you say, like sappers Mm -hmm. behind enemy lines, disrupting these crucial strategic Antiplex networks, which are normally in systems which aren't really not active outside of the home region for each block. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that would bring a lot of content, a back, a healthy back and forth. That alone may be enough. Some people will say it won't, some people say it will, but we're not going to know until we try. And going whole hog and getting rid of the entire thing does definitely bring about the risks that Brisk will say about. It is interesting you mentioned sappers, because you know, I, I don't know, whoever watched... Um, uh, uh, <laughs> whoever watched... This is not this is not me uh, getting revenge for my Rev Navy. By the way, that's not why we're talking about Ansiblexes. Shut the fuck up. That's not, that's not what we're doing here. Uh, we when Kaznir was on two weeks ago, we talked about the, his his idea of the triangle about how there are three primary gameplay styles in Eve. Uh, you've got the people who set up empires, the people who live in empires, and then the people who disrupt empires. And that disrupting empires side of the triangle, that the raiders side. Um, you're right. I mean, if we talk about Ansiplexes like they are highways, 
Um, and null set groups can establish highways within their own space to travel more frequently. It, it, it is not unfair to assume that it would be, um, not, or rather, it, it does not seem unreasonable to me to assume that another kind of, uh, or a, a, a check on those highways would be the ability to blow the highway up, right? Or maybe not even blow the highway up, but like, I don't know, throw a log in the middle of the highway, right? And and force people to to work around that. So that's an interesting Just idea. Just allowing allowing people to become highwaymen, which is mm-hmm. really not really possible, would be would just be something at least because I, right now there is no content on antiplexes. I think that's interesting. Uh Stitch, I am curious your point of view too because your your POV is so much different than everybody else's. What what do you see is the primary concern and what what is yeah what what do you think what do you think about it i mean it's it's a it's a huge topic so i'm gonna try my best to to summarize it Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) um i think a lot of for the perspective from like small gang or the small group I'm, i'm not really too concerned about someone in their space using an ansiblex to jump into a small gang mm-hmm. you know within their own space like that's their right you own the space is to be expected the main issue a lot of people have with ansiblex is at least again coming from a smaller group is that nullsec used to have lots of independent smaller groups it's pretty much impossible now except for the south or the southern agreement because nullsec is allowing it to happen Mm -hmm. again the only reason that exists is because everyone in nullsec is like yeah we'll allow this to happen because if we didn't allow it to happen there's no way that would happen because of the range that ansiblex provides so in the past you'd have a small group that would set up in some random you know no name system um and they would kind of just live alone or they would fight their neighbors Again, relatively small interactions. Uh, that doesn't happen because a large group can just steamroll across the entire universe and just say either, you know, you kiss the ring or we're going to just kick you out. Yeah. Um, and then from a small gang perspective, we're essentially forced when we're roaming to only go to staging because that's the only place where content actually exists. Um, so then you get the the mindset of, well, you're coming to our staging, so we're going to attack you with, you know, 50 guys. But small gang being in five, you know, five guys, typically that doesn't that doesn't work too well. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we had smaller groups available, then that means that we have smaller groups to roam, which is more comparable to the size of groups that we're roaming around in. Sure. So again, our perspective is that, you know, there's, or at least our main issue is that small groups don't exist so we can't roam them to find comparable fights. So we're always having to fight the staging groups that are just teleporting all around this, all around the place. And we don't have really, you know, good gameplay happening there, at least, you know, again, from our particular play style. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not really great alternatives for that either. You know, you have faction warfare, low sec, which is decent, um, but it's not necessarily the same. Again, you have completely different mechanics. There's no bubbles. Um, so that you don't have ways to like trap people, people can just scatter. So in the past, now if we're going to talk about the Antiblex themselves in the past, I was probably more aggressive against them in terms of what I thought needed to change. But like Drake, I think I've become a little bit more moderate. I've discussed it with, um, Brisk before, even though we don't get along, 
but I still listen to what he has to say and I don't always agree with it, um, but I still try and take it into account. And I've talked with like Kazanir and Jinx and, and a lot of other NullSec figures to to try to find a compromise or a more moderate position. And I think at this point, my position is the end goal might include fatigue, but it should not be the first step of an Ansiblex change. Um, I think there's at least three other things we need to address first mm -hmm. before we even start talking about fatigue. Um, the Two of them are, aren't even related to the Ansiblex themselves. It's related to NullSec. One of them being we need to get rid of rental uh, as a main way of making income, and we need to go back to some kind of passive income source again. And that doesn't doesn't apply just to NullSec. I think it applies to basically the entire game. Yeah. Um, the other thing being that especially from a small game perspective, we lack tools to deal with Ansiblex. Yes, you can shoot them, but, I mean, really, anyone who says that, especially from an Ulsec perspective, is completely missing the boat. Yeah. Like, we're not going to sit there for 20-plus minutes in the middle of your staging to shoot an Ansiblex. Like, what do you think is going to happen? We're just going to get blobbed, and we can't fight it. Well, um, and, the, and honestly, more than just that, too, and I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but, like, I think people mistake what the intent... Um, uh, is there? I don't feel. I, I, I at least I have not gotten the impression from you know my own interactions with that those systems. We don't. I don't want to kill the Ansiblex gates. Like my goal is not to to shoot them to kill them or shoot them to you know put them offline or or whatever you know. I that's I, not the goal. The goal is just to you know put like I said put something down in the road. You know disrupt traffic long enough that you can. Um, you know, engage with the local space without having to worry about a you know a blob coming from somewhere you know thirty jumps away. Right, um, right. and you know the the fatigue fatigue may not even be needed. We need to kind of rework the whole ecosystem. It's just I think we need to actually see iteration first before we go guns blazing right to fatigue, because I think there's a lot of other avenues that we need to explore first because. Like, I don't want Blackout 2.0. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what would happen if you do, if we ignore everything else and just say, we're going to put fatigue on Ansiblex and and then that's it. We, we should see at least some smaller steps taken first as well as ecosystem changes taken and then see how things settle and then say, and then reassess it and go, okay, do we need fatigue at this point? Um, and I, from a small game perspective, going back to what I was talking about before about shooting the Ansiblex, I think the biggest thing that we're missing is tools, and I think the simplest way to implement it is one of two options. Either you give Hicks the ability to scramble an Ansiblex that shuts it down for, mm -hmm. let's say, five minutes. So, uh, Or you release a whole new ship line, which is an idea I've had. I haven't posted anything about it yet, but is a T2 battleship interdictor. Um, Ansiblexes are about one billion you have a T2 battleship, that's about $1 billion. So the whole uh, cost balance is, is equal there. And same thing, you know, you, you tackle a gate, it shuts it off for five minutes. Mm -hmm. And so what's this do? So the thing it does is that, one, it gives you the ability to actually camp an Ansiblex. So if someone jumps through it, you just shut the gate off and they can't jump back out of it. So now you still have bubbles and points and all that stuff to do what you need to do. The second thing it changes is that now you are kind of forcing a localized response. Say, hey, the guys who are docked up, you know, the 20 guys in your fort that just want to 
sit there all day and not don't want to undock, well, we're just going to sit here on your Ansiblex and keep it shut off. And now your staging is going to be pissed because no one's doing anything to push us off. Mm-hmm. Now they have to burn actual jumps to come force us off. Um, and, you know, so that over time will maybe potentially cause some attrition to happen where, okay, we're tired of dealing with this fringe NullSec system that isn't providing anything for us. And so we're just going to ignore you guys. Right. And then that comes back again to passive income. So if that system has no real benefits to it, they don't need it. They'll drop it. And then that creates room for a small, smaller group to live into. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they'll be more focused on like, okay, we want these systems because these are the systems that are going to give us good income. These other systems we don't care about. We don't need them as floodplains. Flood and then that, that opens up more systems for hypothetically smaller groups to live into. Right. Let me ask you one more question because it got brought up in chat. What do you feel about um, uh, about uh, polarization in 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 Anzaplexes? Um, for anybody who doesn't know, polarization is a mechanic that wormholes currently use, where you can jump the hole one way, then jump back um, before you jump again. Each side of the hole, you can only jump uh, once every five minutes, um, and then you have to wait for your polarization to to run up, right? Um, so you, you can effectively take the, the, the gate or the wormhole in this case, um, at any time, uh, you can take it. If you're tackled, you can take it. If you are uh, in bastion, you can take it. If you can't take it, if you're in siege, um, but you can, there are a, a variety of different, you know, situations where you can take a wormhole where you can't take a gate, uh, but you can only take it, you know, again, each side once every five minutes that has been posed as an idea for, a way to limit the projection power of Ansiplexes. Um, do you feel like that maybe doesn't go far enough or is not, um, you know, really addressing the core issue? Wouldn't yeah, have I mean, I don't... on the projection. Yeah. Because if you, if you can go all the way one way, then mm. the projection is still there. And in terms of safety, if you can go through, see someone's there and come back, then the safety is still there. It has no... All it would do is limit... Um, people making repeat trips, yeah. like your industry backbone, miners, things like that. I guess yeah, your and I mean, it, it doesn't really change anything, especially in like a camping scenario. If someone jumps through the gate and then they say, oh, there's a bunch of guys here who's camped and bubbled, they can still just burn right back to the gate and jump out, right. just like you could with like a polarized wormhole. So it, it doesn't really touch on anything or any of the problem areas. Um, and, you know, the, some other things we can explore too is the how how would i put this uh the way that you would just the whole fundamental aspect of ansiplex like how they work normally like right now you kind of just place them wherever it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. not saying this is necessarily a good idea but again these are things that i want to explore as far as is there other alternatives here like what if you had it set as um i'm sure both of y'all are familiar with starcraft right oh yeah yeah Yes. You remember pylons with the Protoss? Uh-huh. And when you click on the pylon, it would show a range around it, mm-hmm. you know, where you could place things. What if you had suns and each sun provided either a penalty or a range bonus to Ansiblex within that system? You had different colored suns that either provided more range or less range. That now adds inherent value to certain systems of saying, oh, I want the system that's going to bonus my jump range. Mm-hmm. Or if there's already pre-existing Ansiblex in a system that now is bonused off of or penalized on the sun, now that jump bridge doesn't work anymore. Um, so then that would disrupt the current Ansiblex routes 
and people would have to figure out new routes. They'd have to fight over systems that maybe someone has and say, we want that one because it has a good penalty to, or the, you know, the good bonus to it. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, not saying this is going to fix it. It's just, there's other avenues we can explore first um, before we go to the nuclear option. Cool. Well, I'm excited to explore all of those things with you boys over the next couple of weeks. The CSM race is hot and heavy already. Uh, We have just a couple of weeks now before the voting begins. Um, And uh, all three of us will be running. I'm sure we all would like uh, your vote. Uh, But before we sign off, really quick, I want to hear Drake from you first. Why should people vote for Drake Edon in the year of our Lord 2023? There's uh, three reasons, which are the main pillars of why I want to run and mm. where I think I'd be the most effective. One, obviously everyone knows I'm a Poshman boy. Poshman has a lot of work to do to be in a truly healthy state. That So everyone knows about all already. Second one um, is crime and punishment. Right now there is zero incentive for someone to stop cheating if they have been banned cheating. It's far too easy to get set back up. It's far too easy to do it, and there's no downside for doing it. That's something I definitely want to uh, look at. And then the final one is CCP has, once again, over and over again, they build their rapport with the the community up and up and up and up, and everyone's liking them. Then they do something monumentally stupid, like selling a uh, booster for real money, which you can't get anyone else, that makes you better. Yeah. The the processes involved with the marketing team need to be really have a really hard look at it. On the flip side, they need to be given an alternative. Alternative needs to be customization out the ass. You can have whatever you want. You should have skins, holograms, want to change your ship to look like a Hyperion? Fuck it, you can pay 500 plex. That would be amazing. You want cat ears? You can have cat ears. you got to pay for it. If you don't want to look at the cat's ears, you've got to pay for it, and the cat ears can see you, and there can be a fight over it. Just any con- any customization is the one place where the community is absolutely willing to be milked by CCP, and they just don't take it. I agree with that. And I want I want to shove that down their throat as hard as possible. Well, I'm and then sh- the. <laughs> Go ahead, please. And, and then the final thing is, um, little sec. In terms of being a Lion member, uh, it's something I hold dear to my heart, which is where I started in EVE. Their anoms are just so old and archaic and boring. There needs to be new content there. There needs to be uh, capital escalation things for people who want to rat in carriers or motherships and not this three-per-day beacon shit that's going on. Mm-hmm. So There's so many options there to bring a lot of content to get people out in space to do what they like while also being a potential target. And yeah. I think that alone will bring so much more life to the game. And that's why you should vote for me. Cool. Uh, thank you, Drake. Stitch, one more time before we get out of here. Why should people vote for Stitch Caneland? Hopefully again, and maybe this time, more more of them. Why should people vote for you, Stitch? Uh, I mean, I think most of us play Eve for the spaceships. <laughs> Um, I'm sure some play it for, for, you know, empire building stuff like that, but empire building requires spaceships. Um, and so I would like to just make sure that we're focusing on those areas, tweaking things as we go along. CCP has a very bad habit of being extremely glacial on actually iteration, um, or not iterating at all. (laughs) Um, and I think that's the kind of lifeblood of the game is keeping, keeping things moving, making sure we're not stagnating. 
um, and just making sure that we're all having fun. Like, I, I don't think we all want to be doing the same thing every day for years at a time. And so obviously I have the track record of changing those things or making suggestions, CCP listens or, or works around them. Uh, and I just think having that within CCP to make, to make those recommendations, we can then hopefully start seeing as we've been seeing, you know, these, you know, really good pass or really good balance passes and iteration and, and help keeping it flowing because <laughs> yeah. it's actually nice that we've had two patches now with, you know, not only new ships, but rebalancing of the original ships. Right. Well, I am excited to see both of your guys' campaigns. Obviously, I'll be voting for both of you, and you should too. Goons, I understand the the politics of it. I understand what your leadership will tell you. Um, and do what you feel you need to do. Do what feels right in your heart. But if you do have space for any of these two candidates, either of these two candidates or myself, um, please put them on your ballots. They are going to be on mine. They're both great dudes. Uh, I'm, I would... I would um, I'm excited at uh, the potential of possibly working with either one of them um, because, oh man, that would be, uh, a, a, I think, a, a really cool experience for not just me, not just for the other CSM, um, but for CCP and the player base as a whole. So, before we get to leave, um, one more thing before we get out of here. Uh, it was announced earlier today that long, this is going to, this is a weird tangent, so bear with me. Longtime uh, host of uh, The Price is Right, Bob Barker passed away. And you're probably asking yourself, why are you telling me this? This man was old as hell. And he was. He was 99 years old. Uh, the reason I'm telling you this is because uh, back when I was a very wee lad, uh, at the ripe old age of like 13 years old, uh, I started playing Eve um, because I, <laughs> I started playing Eve because uh, at the recommendation of a friend and because when I came home, uh, the only show that I was allowed to watch was the Game Show Network, and it was The Price is Right, and I was bored as fuck watching The Price is Right. Uh, I could not stand to, to spend any more time watching it, so I went and watched Eve on, or started to play Eve Online instead. So, uh, inadvertently, Bob Barker, you and your very boring program are the reason I'm here today. I salute you, sir. Thank you so much for your sacrifice. Uh, as he always said, everybody, spay and neuter your pets. Uh, if you haven't done so, uh, if you have done so, spay and neuter them again. Who the fuck yeah, they can go for two. Uh, I don't think it's a big deal. Um, vote for these two guys. We'll be back next week. I'm going to have some uh, block candidates on. Um, I'm still working at the details on that. So we'll be back at the same time, 2000 Eve time, next week. Uh, in the meantime, folks, take care of yourselves. Be cool to each other. And you stay chaotic, New Eden. <laughs>